Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and uh, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning, we got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto Selman also known as the CEO of Collecti Labs, and NFT Tones is joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Goldman Sachs is looking for some major crypto discounts after the SS collapse, as renowned hedge fund investor Mark Yusko is turning bullish on the crypto markets, stating his case for why eventually central banks adopt these assets. Ripple and JP Morgan inked a new deal expanding settlement solutions into the UAE, as Michael Saylor made some bold statements in regards to XRP, calling this token an unregistered security. Rumor of a new Twitter coin have the Doge community excited for the future, as Quant Network has clear plans for banking integration. We break down the details, showing our listeners why 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, it was a rough night, my friend, but we made it in for today's episode. Shout out to all the Warriors joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We've got some groundbreaking news. Ripple and JP Morgan, it's the best news we could ever ask for, right, Johnny Crypto? Well, first of all, let's give a shout out to our fearless host, Abs, who was in the hospital last night, 3 a.m. I get a text message just with a picture of his feet. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So, Abs, I know you're in a lot of pain today, but you're a real true warrior. You're showing up today. Uh, so we we love that. We appreciate you. And that's what this, this is all about. This station is all about warriors. Speaking of warriors, good morning to the warrior maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Selman, it's great to see you, buddy. Can't wait to chat and hop into it with you. How you doing, pal? Selman G, we're going right to you, my friend. How you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. I know you're in the UAE right now, so fitting. We got some groundbreaking news. But before we get into that, how you feeling, buddy? Good morning, good afternoon, and everyone who's in Asia or Middle Eastern, right? Uh, good, good evening, good night for you all. It's 8 p.m. over here, so uh, it's wonderful. I'm in Dubai right now, and I'm going to spend pretty much Christmas here. So it's it's a great time, and I'm super happy to be here. And yeah, abs, congrats, man. Like, you're a real warrior. I would be, I would be in bed with all pain you're here doing this. It's huge respect. So I can't wait for the news today, and, and the chat is on fire as always. Love you all. Of course. And I think the winning comment of the day is Johnny got his swagger back. And we're going to start the show the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index has moved one single point this morning from a 26 to a 25. Barely an extreme fear, but let's check out some of the daily movers because we've got some big green bubbles as Axie Infinity is up over 10% on the day. Regards to the rest of the market, fairly red. The total coin market cap is sitting at $852 billion this morning. Bitcoin is 38% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $17,000 flat. Ethereum is $1,200. XRP is $0.38. Cents. Dogecoin, which we're going to dive into, is sitting at $0.10 cents flat. And one of our favorites, Quant Network down here, well, we are sitting just over $100 at $125 this morning. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get some thoughts from you before we dive into the news. How are you dealing with some of this bearish sentiment? And also, what about Mark Yusko joining the show? He's making his case for a $250,000 Bitcoin. We're going to have to address that tomorrow. Let's go, baby. Let's go. It's only, you know, it's funny. You showed a chart yesterday 
and it kind of showed you know bitcoin as it's going up and down and i was looking at some looking at that chart and if we get to the next high the next bull run for bitcoin it's going to be somewhere between 150 and 200,000 according to the chart so don't be surprised if we get there at some point it isn't gonna, yeah that one there if you actually you know and someone could talk more to this he's the ta guy but if you actually were to do the a Fibonacci extension off of this low, you're going to be somewhere in that 200 range. So I'm sure that's where people are probably getting the numbers from as we come to cycle number five. So I'm looking forward to, to cycle number five. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what's happening. Other than that, I'm just sitting on the sidelines right now. I DCA whenever I see something I like, if something drops low. Otherwise, I'm just sitting right now waiting for that last leg this last, you know, whatever it's going to be that we keep hearing something coming that's going to bring, you know, the bottom in for Bitcoin at 7,000 or 10,000 or whatever. So I'm just waiting to see if it happens or not. My guess is it probably won't, but I'm prepared if it does. Selman, it seems like there's a media campaign on the run right now. We had Mark Yusko, Michael Saylor, and Tim Draper all come out yesterday and say they are ready for Bitcoin to turn bullish. When you look at this price chart we're showing here, it seems like fittingly so. We've finished our 85% regression, which we typically see during a bear market. For anybody who doesn't know, you specialize in TA. So what do you see when you look at the Bitcoin price chart? Um, to be honest, I've also seen a tweet by Michael. I forgot his name. The big short guy. Uh, and what he Michael Burry is Michael Burry, right? I want to say Michael Bay. Uh, but yeah, he is also like he's, he stopped shorting the market. So he, he, he kind of. Of course, he didn't uh, say too much, but um, now that the Fed is kind of pivoting, um, it might be true that Bitcoin is now finding a bottom and then sooner or later things will change, right? We're always talking about like Bitcoin probably hitting 12K, but if they're really going to go for, you know, moderate rate hikes and sooner or later uh, printing money again, things will change. The risk appetite um, will change. The investor sentiment will change. And then you can slowly see Bitcoin, you know, finding a bottom and then slowly going up. Of course, that greed zone where Bitcoin goes parabolic, we're far, far away from that. That needs time. Uh, but it's great. And I would love to see Mark um, Yusko here again um, and, and ask him. We thought the crypto winter is over. Crypto winter really started in November, right? We've seen another leg down. So I'm curious if we're going to see one more leg down. As Johnny Crypto said, we should be prepared. Have a game plan, guys. What if we go lower, right? Dollar cost averaging in, at these levels is not bad based on on-chain data, but it's still not a bad idea to wait um, a little bit, you know, or uh, store a little bit of money just in case we see one last leg down. But um, as more and more people are thinking of going lower, you always want to do the opposite. But fear and greed index at 25, 26, that tells me that, you know, we haven't broken that support at 20. Once we see that apps, I believe um, we should be really seeing one last leg down. If we hit 10 or lower for the fear and greed index, perfect buying opportunity, in my opinion. And Johnny Crypto, we got a little cause for concern this morning. As Jim Cramer says, he does not see a recession coming. If there's ever a red flag for a recession, it's that tweet right there. And we also got NFT Tones who just joined us in the background NFT Tones, thank you for being here, my friend. A last second fill-in for the show, but always have some great clips. So before we dive into this news, how are you feeling? Thank you for being here, NFT Tones. Ah, uh, mute button gotcha. My mic is muted. What a bitch that is. All right. Uh, excited to be here. 
and uh, definitely can't complain. So uh, let's move on forward. Awesome, guys. And we're going to continue with our news for today. Johnny Crypto, we lost you for one second, but I did want you to address this news. As Jim Cramer said, he does not see a recession coming. This is the exact same guy who said that he was buying Ethereum at 4000 and the same person who said that we were going to see a $500 Coinbase stock, which never even got above 375 But we got 180 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got NFT tones in the building. Some great articles prepared by Johnny. What do you think of this news? Well, I had to uh, I had to step away for a second because my 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 rat snake meter <laughs> weasel index meter was missing. I'm like, what the hell happened? But you know, just so we know, you know, let's let's put a reminder here. We're gonna put Jim Cramer, you know, uh, where is it here? That's about as low on the meter. I don't want to break the meter because Sam did that, but we know where we know where Cramer stands, abs. Anything he says and does. You know, he usually means the opposite. And I saw yesterday or two days ago, he came out saying that that he warned everybody to get out of crypto. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? He was telling everybody to get out of get out of crypto. Now is your last chance. Blah 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 blah. Just as he was telling everybody to get into it when it was four thousand. So the good news is we might be very very close. Thank you, George. We might be very very close to the bottom. Of the crypto market when you've got you know when you got when you got Kramer out there telling anybody to get out. Thank you so much, Roto. And I'm really excited to show our listeners this next clip that we have prepared. As the Bitcoin maxis were in full effect yesterday, Michael Saylor did a very interesting interview with Patrick but David and even took two minutes out of his time to criticize XRP and call it an unregistered security. So we're gonna let this short clip play and go back to the group for some comments. Here we go. The uh, Ethan here, the lawyer representing ripple what are your thoughts about what's going on with ripple and how he is handling the ripple case ripple's an unregistered security <laughs> it's pretty obvious there's a company the company owns a bunch of it they sell it to the general public but there's no they never took the company public there's no disclosures right so so uh, the sec's position is you're selling an unregistered security it's a, it's a, it's a crypto token Right, just like Ethereum is an unregistered security. It's controlled by a few people in the Ethereum Foundation and consensus. Fair. Ben, just like FTT, just like Solana. Perfect, but here's a final one. Here's what I don't like. I think that's a great example, Selman, and I want to get some of your comments there. When he compares Ethereum and XRP as securities, I give him a little bit of respect there because he's showing that his, his sentiment is consistent across the market. But when he puts XRP in the same category as FTT or Solana, I really think it's just disrespectful to everything that's been being built over the past four or five even 10 years, but I'd like to get some of your thoughts and we'll play the remainder of this clip. It's true that Ripple holds almost 50% of the tokens, right? And that is a concern, of course. People think they could immediately dump it, do anything with it. So there's always going to be that selling pressure or, you know, they can manipulate the price. I get that. Um, but yeah, seriously, talking, uh, like putting FTT, XRP with FTT in the same basket doesn't make any sense because XRP is is a whole like has its own network and is completely decentralized right so the only thing here is ripple owning xrp if they sold all of it ripple went bankrupt you still have a fully functioning open source network that people can use right whereas ftt is just a token that is just developed on ethereum it's just you know you and me we can also create a token right now that's that's not a big deal but um it doesn't have its own network it's it doesn't have any value, any value. It was only great for, you know, if you want to stake your coins or doing this, you, you were receiving some discount, that's it. 
but like um, that is a much better, greater concern than um, Ripple selling tokens. So, um, but as you said, I completely understand what he what he's saying. Plus, um, I like the fact that he's not just attacking Ripple; he's attacking the whole market, right? He's a Bitcoin maximalist there. Um, so that's interesting. But again, I don't see any like. I understand what he means with Ethereum and uh, Ripple XRP, but like putting Solana FTT into that basket uh, doesn't make sense. Solana was completely, completely like influenced by FTX. We know that in many major VCs, so you can't compare both. Uh, NFT Tones, I love that comment there with Johnny Crypto. I'd love to get some quick comments from you as well. Michael Saylor came out and said that he's expecting Bitcoin to go back into a bull run during this interview. And we had Tim Draper come out yesterday and see he's anticipating an over 1,700% rally on the Bitcoin price chart. Why do you think some of these billionaires and Bitcoin maximalists are all of a sudden starting their media campaign and telling the general public it's time to buy Bitcoin? Because they probably all bought it at 15. <laughs> Once they start promoting and talking, it, they, they, they got to help set the bottom, right? And so what better way to set the bottom after you bought in is to tell everybody that it's going much higher. That's what's going to drive people to buy. If people think something's going up, they're going to want to get in. However, people aren't going to get in until they start seeing it go up. And then when it goes up, that's when people want to get. People don't realize you have to buy when it's down. You have to buy low and sell high. But that's not the way the common investor works. The common man is fearful until he sees the herd moving, and then he wants to be part of the herd. And so he buys at the top, and that's why they lose their money. So that's just the game. When you know the game, you don't get played. Speaking of the game, though, it's glad to see that uh, I guess I guess Gonzo. Shout out to Gonzo. <laughs> I guess when he called Toads SFB with that hair, Toads when he got that hair snipped right off. He looks like uh, looks like he went yeah, through he, the. Uh... He did me way too dirty. What, uh, what the hell was that? Gonzo did me so dirty. I had to go get it. Gonzo, I love it. Shout out, all to right, Johnny. I want to go back to you for a little bit of more crypto content because one of the things that came out during this interview is Michael Saylor said he did not want to know who Satoshi is, and I think that plays perfectly into the video we showed our listeners yesterday of Gary Gensler stating Goldman Sachs knows exactly who Satoshi is. And I'm sure Michael Saylor and many of these billionaires do behind the scenes. And what we believe, and after studying this market every single day for the past nine months, it's very, very apparent that the government was involved in the creation of Bitcoin. We're not going to dive into that during this episode, but Johnny, I want to get some thoughts from you. Michael Saylor said he did not want to know who Satoshi is. Why do you believe that to be the case? You know, that's an interesting comment. Michael Saylor is an extremely smart guy. A lot of people don't like him because he's a maximalist. I don't give a shit. If you're a minimalist, a maximalist, a utilist, doesn't matter to me. I don't judge people by that. I love everybody. Um, and I, I actually appreciate smart people and smart content. And so, you know, for him to say he doesn't, because I think, you know, and I've kind of said this myself too, at the end of the day, it's really not that important to me as well as to who created it. At this point, you know, the, the cat is out of the bag. We're 12 years into this thing or maybe 13 years into it, right? Does it really matter? I mean, we all kind of know it was created by the government. Does it, you know, and we know what that about the 800, what about the 800,000 Bitcoin in Satoshi's wallet? Does that concern you at all? That if the government did decide to dump and tank this thing to prove everybody decentralization doesn't exist and move us into CBDCs? What do you think? I, I mean, anybody could dump any one of the coins. You could do that on anything. I mean, you know, if you, you could say the same thing about Ripple. Well, if they wanted to dump the 50 billion they're holding. I mean, so the reality is that's always a risk no matter what. And the question is the asset you're investing in you need to understand what you're investing in and what its value is at. So that's the bottom line. 
And, you know, we all know here that we don't know which ones of these cryptocurrencies are going to be the winners. If anybody says they know, guess what? They're lying to you. They don't know. Not, none of us know. Why do you think I have multiple horses in this race? Because I know a lot of them are going to fail. I only need one, two, or three to hit, and it's game over, right? And that's what we're all waiting for. So I don't sit there and worry myself about things that are out of my control. I worry about, do I think I'm investing in something good? I make sure I understand the risks so you know, okay, somebody's got 800,000 Bitcoin. If you decide you want to invest in it, you need to know that's a risk. It's out there, and then you decide whether you want to take it or not. To me, that's smart um, investing. Johnny, can I add something to that real quick? So, and people should understand the difference between investing in assets and using the network for payments, right? So, initially, right. we Bitcoin is actually planned as a payment system, but you know it's very old, old tech XRP far better, HBAR far better. Um, but the thing is, if you're investing in it, keep in mind someone could dump it. Absolutely true. But if you want to transfer something, the the network is still up and running. You can use it, right? And it's completely decentralized. However, um, last week I've seen an article that in Germany alone there is like um, like around for Ethereum for example there there is a huge amount of um, miners or in this case um, already stakers in, in uh, proof of stake right we're talking about validators a lot of them are here in, are in Germany in America North America and Europe together is more than 50% so you can see if governments wanted to work together they could literally uh, come up with, um, you know, uh, stopping mining or, or whatever it is, they could even really manipulate. And just like that, B Bitcoin has also many miners, many miners in North America, uh, it, the, the largest of them in North America, right? And then you have China, they all left, etc. But you know that it is uh, not as decentralized as many Bitcoin maximalists really talk about, because most of them are sitting there, and if the government wanted to intervene, they could literally do that and manipulate um, the whole network. And that is a big concern, guys. You need to understand um, it is not as decentralized as people uh, think it is. And um, I personally believe big, the, uh, in the creation of Bitcoin, as you said, apps, um, the governments are involved because they don't love competition. And Bitcoin is a competition for them. Cryptocurrencies are. And so they want to be part of it and really... Um, have skin in the game, right? And uh, they probably most likely create a Bitcoin, and they own most of the mining uh, uh, of the mining facilities. But we don't know yet. We will hear about that sooner or later. Thank you, Salman. We got 244 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. NFT tones. We're about to show our listeners a video of Gary Gensler from 2018 stating that Goldman Sachs knows who Satoshi is, and we've also showed uh, a document on this show before of Homeland Security claiming they tracked down four developers in California who are supposedly the ones who developed Bitcoin. But I want to get some thoughts from you right now. Why do you believe Michael Saylor said he doesn't want to know who Satoshi Nakamoto is? I mean, I feel like he says that because it's multiple people. I And I feel like everybody has always said that, that it's multiple people. I feel like there's not one person that just made Bitcoin. But who knows? I could be wrong. But it'll always. I feel like it'll always be interesting to find out. But I feel like people are definitely kind of afraid to see who possibly made Bitcoin. It could even be a government, a government ent entity. So it's really kind of interesting to see. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I honestly feel like that's the most likely case scenario. But let's show our listeners this video and go back to Selman here. As Gary Gensler removed this video from his MIT courses back in 2018. And after playing this clip, it's pretty obvious as to why. So this is a little bit of a different audio. So I'm going to play it twice, Selman, and then we'll go to you. Nobody actually knows who Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, maybe, maybe my former colleague at Goldman Sachs knows. Nobody actually knows who Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, maybe, maybe. My former colleague at Goldman Sachs knows. Selman, that clip pretty much speaks for itself. And I think there's a reason that MIT removed that from their website. So I'm going to give you the open floor here. Gary Gensler is indicating that Goldman Sachs knows who Bitcoin is. I'm sure if Goldman Sachs knows, the United States government knows. But what does this clip mean to you, my friend? Does it does it change the way you look at this specific asset? Damn, this is this is interesting. Now, we, we're always speculating, right? What if banks are also involved in this, even though it's the bank killer? But what if... The big gi- the giants have done this to kill all competition, the smaller banks, to uh, acquire them all and become bigger and bigger and become simply uh, monopolies, right, in this space. And, um, and you said that he removed this later from his course, that part? Damn, this is yeah. this is interesting. Well, Selman, this, this to break that down a little bit more. So what happened is they posted all of his MIT courses on their website. I think it was 21 courses in total. They removed one video, episode 18. And in episode 18, that was one of the clips that was played. So I want to give a shout out to our listener, to our listener as well, who said that to me. <clears throat> Sorry. His name was Gold. Uh, his name was Greenwood Holding Company. This guy, he puts out great content on Twitter. So anybody who's looking to follow some great content, that's a great account. Selman, I'm going to kick it right back to you. This is, uh, I mean, uh, really interesting. You know, Gary Ganser is as a blockchain guru. He knows a lot about blockchain, right? <laughs> and knows a lot about XRP. I'm kidding. But um, so he knows a lot and um, has great connections. Of course, as an MIT professor, I, I really assume you have great connections. And then now as the SEC chairman, obviously you have power. Uh, but knowing that, you know, they removed this video, even that is kind of like, you know, you, you don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but there are so many evidence. There is so much evidence, and I don't know what to say, but it's interesting to see. You know, um, I heard literally a couple days ago, I read an article that says that um, many banks are planning to, um, to shut down facilities by like after Q1 of 2023, right? So many people are not using these facilities anymore. People use online banking. And you know, crypto is a perfect thing for them, for the banks. You know, you have to understand that it's completely decentralized, yes, but it's completely public. They see everything you do. The only thing missing there is KYC. Once they know it's you, they can track everything everywhere. And you, you don't have any chance of, you know, you, you think, you know, okay, a cashless society um, is as good as long as we have crypto, we have Bitcoin for decentralized anonymous transactions. But that's, ex- excuse my language, but that's bullshit because it's all public. Um, yeah. They they are, I mean, it's a beautiful thing if you know all players are public and we can all track what they're doing. But unfortunately, the big guys, they know they have the power. They they will control you. You won't be able to control them. And they, they have all the mining facilities, everything. So if they wanted, they could even manipulate the network. And this is all part of the game and seeing that these big banks are maybe at least know who Satoshi might be. Even that is, you know, interesting and um, 
we're going to hear more about it soon. I, I really believe in that. And Selma, just to build on what you said there, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Number one, one of our listeners commented that in 1988, the first cryptocurrency patent was filed and we didn't have Bitcoin till 21 years later. And I think 2009, when it was originally created, that gives so much time to the government entities to play with this technology and, and really get it all down packed. Another thing that really stuck out to me, you said that we're going to need digital identities eventually. JP Morgan just filed for cryptocurrency wallets and digital identity in America. That happened less than a month ago. And all the development that takes place during a bear market, all that profit rolls in during 2023, 24, and 25 when we get serious adoption. But the price price is not moving right now. There's no reason for concern. And NFT Tones, I'm going to play the remainder of this clip because I think he says some bold statements. And then we're going to kick it right back to you, my friend. They're all unregistered security. Here's a follow-up on that. I, I don't own a single Ripple, just so we know. So full disclaimer, I'm not a Ripple guy. But if, if both of them are unregistered, why target Ripple and not target Ethereum the way he is targeting Ripple? And by the way, this is coming from a guy that owns uh, Ethereum, not Ripple. Yeah. Love that question, by the way, Selman. The heat spot on. Shout out to Patrick Bet David. I think I think the best thing for the world would be with the, if the SEC pretty much shut down all of it. It's all unethical, right? I mean, the, the Bitcoin position would be Bitcoin is an ethical commodity all of these other altcoins are unregistered securities they're all just equity tokens issued by a company in order to get around going public and they're committing securities fraud ethereum included of course especially ethereum you know ethereum's got 20 billion dollars of eth token locked up in the staking contract right now and there's a couple of people that may or may not give it back to you ever now, now, what sticks out to me about this clip is when I think about Vitalik Buterin bragging just a couple of months ago that he convinced the Ethereum Foundation to sell 70,000 Ethereum at the $4,500 price target, which coincidentally was the top NFT tones. I want to get some quick thoughts from you here. Michael Saylor is claiming that all tokens besides Bitcoin are unregistered securities, including Ethereum. So shout out to him for being honest here. What do you think about these bold statements here, Tones? I definitely find it really, <laughs> I'm going to keep it short and simple. I definitely find it really, really interesting. What I want to know, I find it, wow. I definitely like how he, uh, they said that the SEC should drop the whole thing. And what I find really interesting is they said as an Ethereum maxi, they said that they should go after Ethereum as well. So it, it brings a lot of questions to my head and it makes me question a lot of things that's go- currently going on with the lawsuit. And it really gives me hope that in gives me hope that uh, XRP is going to win this lawsuit and that after uh, it wins the lawsuit, I think that we're going to see definitely a uh, next leg up in the market. And one of, the, XRP, at least. one of the catalysts for that mainstream next leg up, Alex Cobb, I want to give a shout out to him, puts out phenomenal XRP content that the price chart, it doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes Johnny Crypto. And what happened during 2017 is over 270 days, the price of XRP went from a fraction of a penny to over $3.80, which is about a 70,000% gain in 240 days. So if we can get anything similar, one of the reasons is going to be because the big banks start using this currency. And we just heard Bank of America say that after the SEC lawsuit, they're going to start leveraging XRP for on-demand liquidity. But I want to get some thoughts from you here. What do you think about Michael Saylor claiming that all crypto tokens beside Bitcoin are unregistered securities? Well, I got the same question Verhoofty Floofin Lufin Doofin has. I like this guy's name. You know, why everybody hating on Sailor? I mean, the reality is he's 100% right. <laughs> the reality is most of these cryptos 
were, 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 were set up and were offered as a security. There's nobody arguing that. And you want to sit there and deny it. You're just, you know, you, then you're just not a realist. And I'm, you know, I, I believe in be realism. Right. And so the, the fact of the matter is let's face, let's call a spade a spade. When these things were launched in 2013 and 14, they all did the same thing. They put a token out there to raise cash to then go do something. That's the definition of a security guy. Sorry. You're going to hate me too. Fine. Whatever. Hate me. I don't care. I'm a realist. And so, but I look at, I look at facts and then, then, then you look at it and say, okay, but that's what they did back then. Now we also know that the way they're operating today, a lot of these are not necessarily operating as a security like XRP. For example, we know that now it's being used clearly as a security in the payment system. So let's also call that what it is and recognize that. Let's get the goddamn lawsuit over and let's move on and move forward. Because that's just where we are today. So I don't know why everybody's hating on Sailor. The guy's a really smart guy, but whatever. You're entitled to your opinion, so it's all good. Salman, I'm coming right back to you after I play the remainder of this clip. I'd love to get a repeat of this question here because it was just perfect. So we're going to let this short clip play, and then we'll get comments from Selman. Here we go. Full disclaimer, I'm not a Ripple guy. But if, if both of them are unregistered, why target Ripple and not target Ethereum the way Bingo. he's targeting Ripple? And by the way, this is coming from a guy that owns uh, Ethereum, not Ripple. Johnny, did you want to make any comments there before we kick it to Selman? I freaking love that question. That, that is, I want to hear his answer. Let's hear what he says. Let's hear what he has to say because it's worth noting. Yeah, I think I think the best thing for the world would be with the, if the SEC pretty much shut down all of it. It's all unethical, right? I mean, the, the Bitcoin position would be Bitcoin is an ethical commodity, all of these other altcoins are unregistered securities. They're all just equity tokens issued by a company in order to get around going public, and they're committing securities fraud. Ethereum included. Of course, especially Ethereum. You know, Ethereum's got $20 billion of ETH token locked up in the staking contract right now, and there's a couple of people that may or may not give it back to you ever. Now, isn't that the definition of investment contract? If, if a bank took $20 billion of your assets, froze the, the window and said, you can't have your money back ever. And maybe in the year 2024, we're not sure. We're just going to keep it. We may actually give you interest on it. We may take it all. We may, you know, we may slash it. Johnny, I think that pretty much speaks for itself. So I'm going to give you the open floor, but we got 280 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. We are yet to get into the groundbreaking news as Ripple has just partnered with a JP Morgan partner. So we're seeing the two largest institutions come together. Before we dive into that, Johnny, what do you think of this clip? So first of all, these guys crack me up. Johnny spreading fun. Listen, the only fun you're going to hear, you know fun says for, for me? Fun and un unconditional daring love. All right, that's what I share with all you guys, all right? It's all about love. There's no fun here. I ain't sharing no fun. I have an opinion. You have an opinion. That's all that matters, right? So get one out of here. With that. I did, one of the things you said that was a little bit of fun, Johnny Crypto, is Ripple did not launch XRP to get liquidity to launch their company. And that's what Michael Saylor said here. With Ethereum, they went, they raised tokens, they sold those tokens to get money and build an ecosystem. Ripple didn't do that. So it's a different setup, different set of uh, circumstances there. You know, the, the reality is at the end of the day, the way they came out, well, I love you too, Kim, or came in. Uh, love all you guys. Uh, it's all about having fun. But listen, at the end of the day, money was raised and it was it was used to do something. And so back then, the way they did it, 
you're going to see that, you know, most likely they're going to actually come out and admit that they were security in 2013. But it doesn't, I don't know why we're talking about that. It doesn't matter. We know where we are today. And today is all that matters. And that ain't FUD today. That is, that is just truth. Facts, right? It's what we are today. Whether you love me or hate me, the reality is I'm just spitting facts. And the fact is today, the way it's being used, okay, is in my opinion anyway, as a payment system. So if Sarah thinks that there was, you know, fraud committed or there was a security violation, maybe he's referring to 2013, which I don't think too many people are going to argue with that. Uh, even even Brad isn't arguing with that. He's just saying, don't call me a security today. Listen, so. there's some people in our audience who would definitely argue with you on that. But I want to get some thoughts from Selman as well, because yeah. Selman, you listened to all this whole clip and I've made you sit silently in the background. I'm sure you got some bold statements. What do you think about what Michael Saylor's saying here? All cryptocurrencies are unregistered securities besides Bitcoin. And also, he doesn't want to know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. Um, first of all, apps, I hope my internet connection isn't bad. Is it, you, you guys can hear me? All right. Perfect. So um, I get what he means, and he's absolutely right about one thing. All of these projects, right, even Ripple is financing a lot through token sales. Even right now, they're buying and selling and making, you know, uh, money that they use to run the business so that's like the first finance mo financing model so he's absolutely right about that there has to be clear clarity more clarity because we're dealing with a whole new innovation whole new technology you can compare this uh, with other assets right so you need to find or redefine the, the law make it clear for everybody so, um, and that is missing. SEC has to do their job in, in Dubai and many other place, places. This is way easier, way easier. Like, I feel like this should be, what SEC is doing literally should be in Germany because G Germany is a very, uh, a country with a lot of bureaucracy, but even Germany is crypto friendlier than most of, you know, uh, what happens in, in the US. So um, that is one thing, but he's absolutely right on, uh, on this. Um, what it's completely unethical to just target a few projects, but then give a green pass, uh, free pass to Ethereum, right? And even that is shady. Even that means something happened behind the behind the scenes. They maybe had some deals with them. It's all conspiracy. I'm not saying they did, but it's just scammy. Like literally, why don't you target Ethereum? Like Ripple, yes, target them as well. Fine. But Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency project. And, you know, he said $20 billion worth of Ethereum is currently staked, etc. And uh, even that, you know, should be a big concern for uh, the U.S., like SEC in this case, right? Or in general for the U.S. market. They, they should go for it. And if they receive a free pass, that literally means, okay, something's shady here. I completely understand what he means. But as I said, Sailor is a Bitcoin maxi for him. He said he would love to see SEC to shut down all of them, right? Which which I don't agree on. Why? Imagine these projects are doing some kind of a Kickstarter. This token sale at the end, you're not just buying an asset. They, they tell you, hey, we designed this beautiful network. We designed this technology. You need to buy the token first from us in order to, to um, you know, use um, and make use of the service here of that network. And so I understand that these businesses are also financing themselves uh, through token sales because, you know, they're developing, right? They're developing. It's not like Bitcoin. Bitcoin is also open source, but there is no entity really that says, hey, we, we issue Bitcoin and right. um, this is our product. Right. But with XRP, we know it's open source. 
but still Ripple has a big impact, right? There are many developers still developing, working hard day by day. And so I completely understand that they want to finance them through that. So as I said, SEC needs to bring more clarity here because it's definitely not the same as just issuing uh, stocks because we know XRP is not a stock. Um, It is a digital currency and it has to be handled in a, a different way. And that is currently missing. But to me, when you when you like you said some and, and you know you said it rightfully, when you raise money in the market and then use it to run a business, right? And then and then the users have a, a feeling that, that 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 thing that they bought can go up in value. That is literally the definition of a security. And whether you agree with me or not, you, you know, I don't care. That's just the rule. We've read it many, many times from the SEC. And so yeah, so a lot of these companies did do that. That's just and- fact. And Johnny, uh, another thing is there are so many VCs in America mm-hmm. that are constantly investing in tokens, right, in yep. early rounds. And these VC guys, they have a lot of money. They have the greatest lawyers, I, I guess, right? And how come these guys are idiots and invest in unregistered securities, right? They know that it's not unregistered security. It's It's – you know, otherwise they wouldn't invest in crypto. There is just a lack of clarity, but um, SEC is just randomly targeting and that's it. But, you know, because they know if they invested in an early round and they dumped their tokens, they would also, the SEC would, in a, in a perfect world, the SEC would also target them. But they know, um, just like many other countries agree on, it's not an unregistered security. Otherwise, like all countries would definitely ban uh, the token sale in early rounds, et cetera. So this is why I believe SEC is just randomly targeting, not randomly, on purpose targeting special uh, uh, companies, Tesla, Amazon, right? And we know Ripple is uh, working with the elite banks. And so they want to have their um, like their share as well. And that's pretty much it. It's, it sounds like conspiracy, but I highly doubt that. Thank you so much, Selman. And we've got a little bit of optimistic news for our XRP holders out there. Let's not forget this key detail when it comes to the XRP or sorry, the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. If Ripple goes to trial, we could end up seeing several government officials cross-examined under oath. That would include Jay Clayton and Bill Hinman, as well as employees from the agencies that took part in the 2013 meeting with Chris Larson. Johnny Crypto, some of those agencies are the Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, the Federal Deposit Issuance. I'm listing the entire thing on the screen right now, so anybody can take a look who's watching on YouTube. I'd love to get some thoughts from you here because this this incentivizes the SEC to settle with Ripple and not expose the corruption behind the scenes. Before we get into the JP Morgan news with Ripple, give me some thoughts on this article. Yeah, if I were in the SEC, I've been saying this from day one. I don't want this trial, this this trial, uh, this case going to court. Okay, there's too much at risk because if they lose it, the precedent that set takes away their power. That's number one. Number two, look at all these people that are going to come out. They're going to have to cover their asses and all the emails and all the hidden stuff that, while you could hide those right now, you can't necessarily hide that stuff in a court case. Because, yes, you're right, he will plead the fifth 100 times. However, his emails will be exploited by Ripple's attorneys in front of him when he's sitting there pleading the fifth. They'll be like, okay, you can plead the fifth, but by the way, you know, here's the email of what you wrote, right? So that's going to be really, really interesting. And I don't think the SEC wants to do that. I think the SEC just wants to squeeze some money out of Ripple. They're going to get some money out of Ripple, and hopefully we're going to get a settlement and get this case 
uh, on the road. Johnny Kipton, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Mentelec. He said the SEC targets disruptive companies, and we have clear evidence of that as Bank of America actually stated the biggest reason they're not adopting cryptocurrency today in 2022 is that there's not clear regulation from the SEC stating that what they would be doing would not be illegal. NFT Tones, I'd love to get some quick thoughts from you here. What do you think about the XRP community getting some bullish news? The fact that the SEC is actually incentivized to settle so the corruption is not exposed. I mean, this is huge. I mean, this is just more pushing us more towards the right way of this case being settled instead of it going to court because they know if they do go to court, it's just going to be really, really bad for them and they're going to lose a lot of power. So it's just a matter of time when we will see this settlement. And uh, I think we will see it uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, we just keep getting more and more news uh, in regards of ripple winning this case so i think this is just going more and more in our favor but we'll ju- we just gotta wait and see hey abs I, I gotta address them because i think the fans are getting confused so let me just be very very clear on the large screen here i am not saying xrp is a security today guys pay attention read my lips xrp is not a security to be the way it's being used today they're being sued for what they did in 2013 and in 2013 you can make the argument that it was a security. What I'm saying today, today is not a security. It is a payment system. I just want to get it clear because I'm reading the comments. It was all oh, Johnny thinks it's a security. No, Johnny doesn't think it's a security. Do I need to say it again? Johnny's saying XRP today is a payment system. And there's no way in the world, no way in the world, you can sue it today for being a security. All right. I'm saying that. So, uh, just get the comments straight. I, I hate when people distort the facts. I'm glad we have a live show so you can hear the truth right out of the horse's mouth. XRP is not a security debate the way it's being used today. Johnny Crypto, one of the reasons that Good Morning Crypto will forever be live is so that the live chat can call us out on our BS. And I am with the live chat this morning. I do believe at one point during your rant, you said XRP was a security. So I'm happy to hear you clarify yourself. In 2013. Yourself. In 2013. Yeah, so I'm happy to hear you clarify yourself. Jeez. Make, but we're got 286 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get into the groundbreaking news of today as a Ripple partner and JP Morgan join forces in the UAE to offer new settlement solutions all around the world. And Johnny, I remember a conversation we had just last week breaking down how you said you're not going to get excited about Ripple until what? We see a conversation with JP Morgan, and we got that groundbreaking news today. So in this article, they break down a recently published press release states that Alfredon Exchange LLC, which is one of the largest partners of Ripple, has teamed up with a banking juggernaut, JP Morgan. The two companies will offer together customers value transfer conducted in a record short period of time. So I think it's only safe to assume that they're going to be leveraging blockchain. And because it's a Ripple partner, the possibility for XRP is out there. Now with JP Morgan, not going to make that leap, but we know that with the LLC, they are using XRP for instant settlement. So Johnny, what do you think about this groundbreaking news? A JP Morgan partner is working with Ripple. Uh, I, I, I like that. I like seeing Ripple... Ripple's product and JP Morgan working together to me, that, you know, is certainly the kinds of things I want to be hearing about the things I've been calling for right here on this show, right. That I want to see more of these things. Thank you, Mentelec. I appreciate it. I love you. Um, You know, and guys, you don't have to agree with me. It doesn't matter whether it is or isn't. The reality is only thing that matters is what happens at the end of the court case. I think we're going to settle it. But abs to me, 
We need to see more and more of this kind of news happening. And this is good. Let's start to see if JP Morgan starts to get a little bit of a little bit of taste of what that Ripple technology can do. And maybe they decide to incorporate it in some of their other U.S. products. And to me, that that's a good sign and a good place, a good start. Anytime I see instant settlement, I get excited. But when you talk about instant settlement and a Ripple partner, I think it's only safe to assume they're going to be leveraging RippleNet. And one of the best currencies to use on RippleNet is XRP. So it's exciting news we're getting here from a JP Morgan connection. NFT tones, we always talk about how we want to bank the unbanked. And mobile banking is going to become key when we talk about continents like Africa and Asia. Recently, AlphaPay was launched by this exchange, and this allows customers a branch in their pocket. It'll enable them to make seamless and secure transaction, including remittances and paying bills. And this is just the beginning for this type of technology tones. But what do you think about JP Morgan and XRP leveraging this new tech? I mean, this is huge. I mean, it just shows you the way we're going. They're using crypto to pay bills. They're creating apps and it's all done by JP Morgan and they're leverage, uh, lev uh, partnering up with XRP. And so what's interesting about this is JP Morgan was one of those banks. If we go back to that bank list, they weren't partnered with them. And I think it was 2018 or 2019, whenever that bank list was from. And so I find it interesting because now here we are uh, a couple of years later, they're forming this partnership and it's huge. This is huge news. And this is more proof of why I think the lawsuit is also going to fail as well. Selman G, we just got you back in the building, and I'd love to get some closing remarks on this article. A Ripple partner has just expanded into the UAE and is leveraging on-demand liquidity. Now, they didn't go as far as to say that they're going to be using XRP, but it is exciting to see a Ripple partner working with JP Morgan for instant settlement. What does this news mean to you, JP Morgan and Ripple, and these connections? Now... You know, J Johnny Crypto has a beautiful saying there. You know, it's a common thing. You know, they the first they, uh, but Johnny Crypto has that. You know, with a perfect expression, it's always great. Um, first they hate you, right? No, first they fight you. First then they, they what was that, Johnny? Can you say that first again? They, first they laugh at you. First, they, first they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you, and then they join you. Exactly, exactly. And that's very powerful. And you see JP Morgan is is so deep in the crypto space, right? They got so many, uh, they filed so many trademarks and patents. And uh, you'll see um, them, you know, launching their own, they have their own coin out there, but now working with Ripple. And uh, we were always saying that Ripple might be the swift killer or they will coexist, but Ripple is going to take a huge share of it. And now seeing that JP Morgan and many other banks, Bank of America, for example, really dealing with um, with XRP and ODL, this is this is big news. And you're going to see it more happening during the bear market. And then all of a sudden, you'll see them going crazy, telling you Bitcoin will go to 250K. XRP is this. We always believed in XRP. You will hear these stories, right? So it's important that warriors, like if you're a warrior right now and you see the whole game that is being played in front of your eyes, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to sit there and do nothing or are you going to develop a game plan um, and, you know, invest in, in, in you know, uh, smart assets? And it's all up to you. This bear market, they really fool all of us by selling our assets, getting out. And then in a bull market, they want to get you back by uh, bringing out so much ads uh, so much content here and there that you and all your friends are investing in crypto and you you miss out. So this is 
the moment where you want to buy when there's blood in the streets, right? Or at least design the game plan. And then when you feel like it's time to invest, then you execute the plan. It's so important. Know what they are doing, right? Know that they are playing a huge game there and you're the victim. But you and I, we won't be the victims. We have the warrior mentality. 100% 100% Salman couldn't have said it better myself and Johnny I love this comment we got from one of our listeners here it says JP Morgan working with Ripple Partners is great news nothing happens in this country in the banking sector without JP Morgan being there ETH is the past and XRP is the future I love that statement and that person's been making great comments throughout the live chat so thank you for your contribution Johnny I'd love to get some quick remarks and then we're going to show our listeners a video of Quant Network CEO stating their blockchain is built for ISO compliance. I just want to say alleluia to the Gats or whatever her name is or whatever his name. 100% right. I've been saying that from day one. If stuff, you want stuff done in the U.S., you'll look to see what J.P. Morgan is doing. J.P.M. usually tends to drive a lot of what's happening. And that's why I've been personally, I don't know what the hell is going on with this stupid gamma, but that's why I personally, oh, that's weird. That's why I have been saying- The elite censored you. (laughs) Yeah. What I've been trying to tell abs is the reason why I care so much about what JP Morgan does is because at the end of the day, we know that a lot of, a lot of stuff that happens as as she just said, rightfully in the U S happens through JP Morgan. So I get excited when I say JP Morgan talking about ripple and XRP, that's a good thing. We want to see more of that. Thank you, Johnny. And Mentelec commented something fantastic. He said, in three years, how many multimillionaires are sitting in this live chat right now going to be talking about the old days when Johnny Crypto was debating XRP on GMC? We got 267. Yep. Viva, though. Look at my man, Tampa Bay Holmes. He's spot on. That's right. If it's not as good, then it's not a security. That's it. I love this man. There we go, Johnny Crypto. We got 271 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. It's not Merlin Monday, but it's Johnny Crypto Tuesday. And we got some quant network news for our listeners. So we're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. The standard that I helped establish is TC307. And that was 2016. It's been running every year. There's 57 countries working on that right now. And what it means is we're going to create standards that are compatible to existing ones. So 222 we'll be able to talk blockchain with the work that's happening within the eventually. That's the biggest difference between Quant Network and what XRP is doing, guys. With When you're using a blockchain or a settlement solution like RippleNet, you have to move away from traditional settlement and move into a new blockchain system. But what's so exciting about Quant is you can integrate it not only into traditional finance, but Ethereum, XRP, Algorand, the list of blockchains goes on and on. And that's why I think it's going to be the number one settlement solution when the dust settles in 2025, Johnny Crypto. But I'd like to get some comments from you and then Selman. What do you think about that video? Yeah, I mean, he's just touching on, on base of what's going to happen. And you need to have interoperability for that to happen. And so, you know, the nice thing is he's been driving this standard for a while now. And there's nothing better than having somebody who was at one point an insider drive the standard on something that he understands. So to me, I'm excited about that because of the fact that we've got, yeah, in, you know, we've got an insider bringing a solution to a huge problem that I think is going to be, a, 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 you know, the way the world operates in the future. So I'm excited about Quant. You know how I feel about that. Of course, you actually brought it to the entire team. So anybody who loves Quant, they can thank Johnny Crypto. Selman, I want to get some quick thoughts from you. Michelle commented on the show last week. She said the FTX move 
could be a distraction. And our fearless leader, Coach JV, did the research and figured out what is actually going on behind the scenes. So we're going to close out this episode with a video of um, Coach JV breaking down why the FTX collapse could be a distraction. But before we get into that, what do you think about the Quant Network news, Selman? Um, as Johnny said, interoperability is key. And we always say the future is cross-chain, right? So you're going to see more and more blockchains will adopt um, um, the or adapt to the ISO standard. It's very important because, um, you know, the future is very different, guys. We, we're talking about digital assets, right? And, you know, we want it super fast. And we want to convert something or move something from one blockchain to another instantly because, you know, speed is our enemy. We want to have it as fast as possible. And so having more and more blockchains, um, ISO compliant blockchains, that is even greater. And uh, Quant leading that, of course, along with XRP and HBAR. So beautiful to see the development there. And I also want to address this. When you do, just a side note, guys, when you want to invest in a project and you do your due diligence, check out the team, what the team is doing, right? And so you see uh, the leader, the, the let's say leader, the uh, founder of Quant, literally that guy, check out his LinkedIn, check out his past. This guy is a beast. He knows what he's doing. And he's not like um, FTX founder, Sam Bentman Freed, who graduated from college, but then had these great connections, great donations made to uh, certain parties. And that's it, right? And so um, literally what he's doing, I really enjoy what he's doing. And uh, also what he posts on social media and big articles as well, really educa uh, educative. And you can learn a lot from that, from that. And you see these people creating value every single day. That is key. As a side note to bring up, if you want to do uh, investments, please do your due diligence and check out what the team is doing, what their background is. It's not everything. Background is not everything, but it's <coughs> one key aspect. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. Uh, we are about to dive into this clip from Coach JV, and I meant to say thank you, Selman, Johnny. That was funny. Well, I'm going to pull up a tweet from Stuart Alderati really quick, but I want to show our listeners this closing video from Coach JV because our listeners have hinted at the fact that the FTX news could be a grand distraction, and Coach JV may have found the answer. So we're going to let this short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. This is major breaking news in the global financial system. As everybody looks over here at FTX Collapse, which was catastrophic for the crypto industry, but is small and marginal compared to what's going on in the global financial industry. FX swap debt at 80 trillion blind spot, global regulators say. The Bank of International Settlements announced the FX swaps have over 80 trillion in hidden debt, hidden debt. This is just inching us closer and closer to our new monetary system. This is showing us with FTX collapse, liquidity crisis, Celsius collapse, liquidity crisis, all these crypto firms going to be collapsing because of the liquidity crisis. They were all lending to each other, borrowing from each other. Well, globally in the financial system, everybody's over leveraged. And again, I keep preaching the same word. What fixes this? Distributed ledger technology. And that's music to my ears, my friends. Johnny Crypto, you're going to love this live update we just got from Stuart Alderati as well. This is the lead lawyer for Ripple, and he says something groundbreaking this morning. As we hit the beginning of the end for the SEC lawsuit, I couldn't have asked for a better team to be a part of. 
I'm thankful every day for my equality and what is that even word? Inimitable colleagues at, at Ripple. I guess I'm not even smart enough to read what these men are saying, Johnny Crypto, but this is some pretty exciting news, some positive news to end the episode. What do you think about the lead lawyer for Ripple stating better times are ahead? Well, I like the fact that, you know, I don't know if you realize he, he dropped the hint there, right? But letting us know we're near the beginning of the end. Obviously, he's the closest to the case. Nobody knows it better than Stuart. And, uh, you know, and so the fact that he's coming out and saying that we're at the beginning of the end, that's a good thing. I mean, we've all known. I mean, we've heard we've heard Brad talk about the case coming to an end somewhere in the mid Q1 of this year. Right. And coming in January, February, March of this time frame. So I think that, you know, we're just these guys will prepare us and start to get us to that. end. I'm guessing the Hinman emails probably have a smoking gun in there, which hopefully someday we'll get to see. But we may never. But I would imagine that that's this is what he's hinting at here, uh, that he wanted to thank his buddies and let the rest of the world know that eh, we're getting close to the end. That's exciting for me, man. I'm happy and I'm hoping the sooner we get there, the better. Sam, and we only got about 60 seconds here. Give me some closing remarks. How do you feel about the Ripple lawsuit? All the positive sentiment coming out over these next coming months. And Stuart Alderati just tweeted out something Johnny Crypto said is important as we hit the beginning of the end for the lawsuit. So what are your thoughts, Sam? And then we'll close it out for today. When you say it that way, it sounds like <laughs> Avengers Endgame, right? <laughs> it really feels like that. And, um, you know, Brad Gallinger said uh, Q1, he's like he predicted Q1 of 2023 uh, should be the end where we finally settle. We, we have more clarity. And so I'm <laughs> so I am I personally believe with that news update, finally, there is going to be that open door, right? The door doors will open for regulation, for clarity in this space. Once Ripple wins this case, the crypto market will see that relief. And maybe, you know, that would, could be the push for a nice relief rally as well, uh, you know, uh, when we focus on the price chart. But in general, um, that kind of, mom- that will create momentum. And we finally know Library lost the, lost the game, unfortunately, right? But like Ripple is really strong and they got great supporters. And, um, I'm very convinced that Ripple, you know, we, we always talk about how Ripple has evidence. They have the balls, if we can say it that way. They uh, they have evidence. They have the balls to really go out there and, um, you know, protect themselves. Otherwise, they would say, let's settle. Uh, we'll, we'll pay our fine and that's it. But nope, they're fighting for the whole crypto industry. They want to bring clarity and, in, and regulation to the U.S. market so that finally everyone, so that innovation and technology can um, – you know, doesn't leave our country, but stay here. That's what they say. And so um, I'm, I'm actually quite optimistic. Very, very soon we're going to see an update coming. You see it's getting louder and louder, louder and smart people are uh, tweeting about Ripple now or people that were never talking about Ripple, joining the space and protecting Ripple. I feel like something's something's going to happen very, very soon. Thank you so much, Selman. And we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Selman G. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to NFT Tones. Veteran Crypto made the end of the live stream. Shout out to this guy, one of our good friends. We got 261 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button tomorrow. Mark Yusko is going to be joining the show, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to talk about everything. Ripple, XRP, Bitcoin, FTX collapse. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us.
Well, let's go. Hey, old baby, tomorrow's going to be a good one with our man Mark Yusko. Don't miss it. Live, 11 a.m. Eastern Time.